the U.S. men's national team roster is out, and we have to talk about the huge snubs that got left out of the roster, as well as the other big news that happened in the soccer world this week, including a potential all-star game in the Premier League and some crazy, crazy games in the Bundesliga and Serie A. Stick around for it. We give you a lot of content uh, for this week. So, yeah, hope you guys enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Final Third Podcast. It is Monday. It is our news and predictions episode where we go over the biggest news, the biggest games on and off the field, of course. Again, I said this last week. The games are on the field, of course. And the news is usually off the field, of course. It can sometimes be on the field, you know? Yes, sometimes. Sometimes we do have some uh, games that we need to talk about because there's been some very, very iconic moments this week. Uh, but my name is Adrian Tabura. I'm one of the co-hosts. I'm a fan of West Ham United, which went terribly today. I'm a lot higher on Everton than a lot of people, but we shouldn't be getting shut out by them and getting dunked on by Neil Mape again. You could take Jack said it best today. You, you can could take, take the the Malpe out of Brighton, yes. but you can't take the Brighton out of Malpe. Yeah, and just as Brighton always dunk on West Ham, Neil Mape all also. Just continues to dunk. Did on you us. do the I'm, crying celebration? I, 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 I honestly don't even know. I looked away. Reggie scored. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I cannot do this right now. Uh, uh, let's just say my hot take has something to do with West Ham. How about mm. that? Okay. I'm also a fan of Minnesota United, which equally is not going well at all. We, we, we are looking at you know falling out of the home playoff spots in the face. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure we will. Yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna yeah. lie. I'm not feeling that optimistic right now. No, 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 no. We lost four one to Sporting KC last yeah. yesterday, and like uh, this season just keeps on finding new lows. Where I was like, man, that's the worst that I've seen us play this entire season. The hole just keeps on getting dug. Like rock bottom is not rock bottom until you really hit the bottom, I suppose. So we'll we'll see how how far we can dig. And a fan okay. of the U.S. national teams, which. Thankfully, it doesn't have as much sad news except for injuries, I suppose. So, and even that, oh gosh, <laughs> there's oh, a lot man. of injuries. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of those. Yeah, I'm just glad my football, my American football teams are doing well. Uh, and yeah, you already heard his voice, but I'm joined by uh, the biggest fan of the new U.S. national teams jerseys, Jack. Jack, how are you doing? A lot of and good news this week, I you suppose. Can't, you can't be slandering me like that. You can't do that to me. I know. I know. Uh, but I, yes, I'm here. I'm a fan of Chelsea, which who knows how that's going because they haven't, they haven't played in a while. We're going to ignore the RB Salzburg result from the midweek. I'm just going to brush over that. Um, but I'm also a fan of the biggest team in Italy, Atalanta, who are top of Serie A. That's not Let's true, go. actually. Aren't they? Whatever. They're joint top. I don't care. Joint top with Napoli. You know, okay. I, I don't care. They're, they're up there. They're up there. That's okay, an improvement whatever. over last season. Uh, they're still unbeaten and, and have never dropped points away from home. There, there we go. Winning on an away record. I'm going to count it as that. Okay. okay. Um, and I'm also a fan of Minnesota United. AJ already talked about that. That sucks. Um, I'm not happy with them right now. Uh, they need help. They need a lot more than help. Uh, but I'm also a fan of Olivier Giroud. And Olivier Giroud, I'm wearing his jersey right now. AC Milan did not win, but Olivier Giroud did score in the 69th minute. And therefore, I believe that needs to be celebrated. So therefore, his jersey is being worn in honor of that. Um, mm-hmm. Also, the best French striker 
ever to walk the earth. Oh, wow. Who's Thierry Henry? Who's Karim Benzema? Him. Who's Don't Kylian Mbappe? Never Don't heard of him. him. Olivier Giroud is the best of all time. I'm also a fan of uh, the French national team. I have a French flag right next to me. And the U.S. national team. I don't have a U.S. flag next to me, but I got the scarf for you. Don't worry. Okay, there we go. That that works. There we go. Represented. Uh, but yeah, that I think I think that's that's everything. I'm also a fan of the Chelsea women's team. That didn't go well. I I'm, no, I'm not going to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. That's okay. Uh, because we lost. Actually, I will. We lost a newly promoted Liverpool because of two penalties. All of the goals scored in that game were penalties. There were three pe- three goals, three penalties. Yikes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a lot, Jack. Uh, that's a it lot of information. A lot. <laughs> a, a lot, some sadness, some uh, some happiness. It was a roller coaster. I'm it was a roller honest. coaster. It was a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, to talk about Minnesota United a little bit, or not even talk about Minnesota United. I, I I just wish that we could be as happy as Jordan right now, because Philadelphia Union, if they can manage to shut out uh, the the remaining two teams that they have to play uh, on their schedule. They will have undeniably the best defense in MLS history because that means that they had the lowest goals against average of all MLS teams ever. Does that so, include the shortened 2020 season? Yeah. So, so, so this oh, is okay. this wow. is the average like based on, you know, like to take account like the different uh, game amounts that have taken place in the last 20, 20 odd years. So, I mean, like for all intents and purposes, they are already like one of the best defenses meanwhile minnesota united uh very much not a, a, a very uh stalwart defense one might say so very jealous of jordan and the philadelphia union who are likely to win the supporter shield very excited about that and as i mentioned before jack we are both not fans of the u.s jerseys we'll talk a little bit about that once we talk about some of the u.s men's national team stuff but yikes 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 indeed uh, but for people who want to hear a little bit more about what Jack actually thinks about the jerseys, because he tweeted about that, follow us on Twitter at Final Third Show, FinalThirdShow.com for a one-stop shop for all things uh, podcast-related, whether it's our social media links or links to all the streaming platforms that we're on. Definitely go check that out. Uh, we like to start things off on the show to talk about, uh, you know, a hot take that we have, something that normally won't fit into the normal uh episode whether it's not you know not a really big news uh story to talk about or just something that's a little bit more personal to us jack i gave my hot take first last week so why don't you give your hot take for this week your blazing hot take what is it i i have two but one of them i'll save because we're covering it in the story okay uh so the first one uh is that christoph freund coming to chelsea is a massive deal. This is the sporting director, correct? Sporting director. Okay. And big news, big news. Uh, and it signals that Chelsea are actually looking to change the way they conduct business. I think it, it's a big signal for that. Uh-huh. And let, let, let me, let, for those of you who don't know, Christoph Freund is the sporting director of, R, of Red Bull Salzburg or RB okay. Salzburg because they can't call it Red Bull in Austria. Sure. Uh, but he, he has been fantastic for Salzburg. Just a list of some of the deals he's, he's uh, been behind. Erling Holland, Sadio Mane, Nabi Keita, Deout Upamecano. Th- those are some amazing players now. And he's been the one that scouted them out and, uh, and found them and 
elevated them in, in the team. And he's, it, it looks like he's going to be working with Potter, with Bully all together to actually form a cohesive project. And I think one of the things that Chelsea has lacked, and yes, it's given them results in the past, has been an actual cohesive vision moving forward. Because the vision has usually changed based off of what players are playing well and who are the biggest players are. It was buy the big players and then see if it all sticks together. That was Chelsea's MO for a while. Like, look at the, look at the first full window under Lampard. Bought mm-hmm. Timo Werner, bought Kai Havertz. Uh, players who were being hyped up as like the, the future of, 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 of football. Didn't end up panning out. Uh, you look at you look at Tuchel's first full window, getting in, bringing in Lukaku. That really didn't turn out right. But I think that this is a signal that Chelsea might be looking to make deals that that are undoubtedly good players, but that fit within the project, which is something that you know teams like Liverpool have done really well and found a lot of success with. Teams like uh, Manchester City, to some extent, have have done pretty well with with some of the players. Yes, they've bought a lot of big players, but they've also made some really good acquisitions that go that maybe went under the radar. You know, like Julian Alvarez uh, was a pretty big one for a pretty low fee. Getting getting players like uh, I think uh, why why am I forgetting his name now? Center back Portuguese. Um, you got God. it. No, I don't. I, I'm thinking Ruben Neves. I know Ruben Diaz. Oh my God! All my ball <laughs> knowledge, go. all my ball <laughs> knowledge spilled out. And oh my God! Uh, but like, there, there's been. I, I think that that's like the way that clubs need to move forward and innovate. And I think Freund is going to be the kind of person who can do that. And it just signals that Chelsea are actually looking to adapt, not just spend money without like throwing not just throwing money at, at a team and hoping everything sticks. I, that's what I see it as May I, I know a lot of other people have said, eh, this isn't that good of a deal. Uh, but I, I think that this is huge and is a big signal for Chelsea that they're looking to move past the days of just here's money. Go figure it out. I hope, I hope so. At sure. Least. All right. Well, I, for one, welcome this new change seeing as i'm someone who generally doesn't like when teams can just throw money at a problem and have it go away i I like when teams are able to problem solve their way out of it because usually honestly it turns out better for them in the end if if they you know have to think about and be purposeful with their vision so you know if it helps chelsea good for you and maybe it'll make us us enjoy them a little bit more and not just think that they bought the league uh as sometimes other teams can say that they have uh my hot take jack is related to west ham so we're, we're very uh, okay. homer homer centric with these uh with these hot takes but obviously west ham lost one to zero against everton today very very sad on my part and i think that my hot take is that Moyes has to figure it out in the next like three premier league games or else like it's go time you know what i mean because wow. I, I, I'm serious, and Jack and I, we went to, out to lunch today, and oh, we were talking about David Moyes that, and That's Chelsea. even a change from what you said at lunch, Yeah, yeah. I, I gave him slightly longer, but when you look at who West Ham are playing, it's in the next three games, Wolves at home, Fulham at home, Southampton away. 
those are definitely winnable games. And the next three games are Liverpool, Bournemouth, and Manchester United. And you look at that and you're like, Bournemouth seems to be like the, the most easy one out of there. But for, for sure, the next three seem to be absolutely winnable. At least getting a positive result uh, in that away game against Southampton. Something there, right? And I just think when you look at the past year, since December 2021, it has been... A, a pretty rough form for West Ham United. You you couldn't couldn't really say that they've had uh, a lot of positive results to say the least. That we kind of stumbled down. Originally, West Ham were in you know Europa League spots, fifth or sixth place, fell down to seventh due to some bad form. Pretty much winning like what two games to a- end off like the last two months of the Premier League season. Like like it was not good. And after all of the signings that we have brought in. David Moyes keeps on adhering to the definition of insanity, just keeping on trotting out the same players over and over again. I Antonio, hey, to his credit, has played a lot better. But to not David Moyes' credit, to keep on playing other players and not play the likes of Cornet and Skamaka and even Ben Rama, who isn't a new player but still has you know, played very well and refusing to play Flynn Downs even in the Europa Conference League, Yet still playing players like Suchek, who has not been playing well. Bowen, who has been playing terribly and still holding on to Supal and Cresswell. I understand that both Ben Johnson and Ashby aren't up to uh, uh, full fitness right now. But you bring in Emerson, you expect him to be able to compete against Cresswell and you're not going to give him a real chance. It just seems like we keep on doing the same thing over and over again and the results just speak for themselves yes we've won two games in the europa conference league but a it's europa conference league and b those were not convincing wins at all that those were very much bailed out by referees there and to only win a a singular game against a pretty bad aston villa side in the in the premier league meanwhile dropping points left and right it's just not what you need to see and you know I understand that David Moyes is undoubtedly our best manager in the last 10 years or so. Yet still, you kind of need to back up your results and your positive success from the years prior if you want to keep your job. And if we keep on staring relegation form, like 15th and lower, then we do need a new you know, person. So it doesn't even have to be like maximum points. We don't have to win every single game in the next three games but something like an evolution needs to be there for me to be convinced by david moyes i'm i'm right now i used to be pro david moyes now i'm definitely david moyes agnostic as i i told jack i'm sure there is a better manager i'm not sure who that is and i'm waiting for evidence either which way to sway me to either side but if you ask a lot of west ham fans that is a big change from where they were literally a month ago so a lot of things are happening in, in in the West Ham landscape. So scary, scary times. Yeah. I was looking at West Ham's summer spending. Do you know how much they spend in U.S. dollars this window? I'm going to say I, I might be I might be over. Uh, overreaching it, I'm saying 150 mil. You're underreaching it. It's 198 million. They wow, spent. we had basically 200. Yeah, it, almost 200 million was spent, which also makes it hard to fire him because 
you backed him so hard that you know is, is a new coach gonna want the same players and then you, you're stuck getting rid of dead weight and rebuilding like it's it it's just a, such a complicated situation i would it's not kind of, want to be him right now it's kind of the same situation chelsea are currently yes. finding themselves in yes, hey maybe exactly. maybe tuchel is the man maybe maybe hey honestly screw it he he's he's good at turning around a, an underperforming squad uh unfortunately it, it your defense will get better but it will come at the cost of goals so it, it literally cannot get worse you scored three in the last what six seven it's not great seven yeah uh yeah i guess so yeah that that it, it could get worse uh i guess but yeah i i think you're generally right but yeah. that's yeah uh west ham might need a change it, it yeah. might it might be time yeah all right. Well, we talked long enough about that uh, in our hot takes. Let's talk about some of the news stories this week, starting off with the biggest one in American soccer, at least right now, which is the U.S. men's national team roster. Uh, the final window before the World Cup is now approaching us. Uh, we are playing Saudi Arabia and Japan. I actually am forgetting. Yeah, Japan first, September 23rd in Dusseldorf, Germany, and September 27th. We're playing Saudi Arabia. Good fun, good fun. And uh, the rosters are released. So, Jack, let's talk about them. Let's talk about those jerseys a little bit. Uh, but first, just to go over the, uh, the roster, I guess, position by position. Goalkeepers, you have Turner, Johnson, Horvath. Defenders, you have Yedlin, Zimmerman, Long, Cannon, Test, Carter Vickers, Vines, Richards, and Scully. So far, names that most people will be familiar with if you know uh, the U.S. men's national team. Uh, most of those players have played in and out uh, from the Gold Cup, Nations League, or World Cup qualifying. Pretty much the same story with the midfield. Acosta, McKenney, uh, Adams, De La Torre, Tillman, Cardoso came in as a replacement. And now that I'm reading this list, there's more replacements for uh, some of, one of the defenders as well. But Johnny Cardoso, might, some people might not know because he isn't, a, a very like out there name the same way as like Malik Tillman who's the same age as him would be Johnny Cardoso plays for Internacional in uh the Brazilian league still only 20 years old as I said and yeah plays mostly defensive midfielder but can play the eight as well not a name that most people know so figured I'd mention him as well and forwards Pulisic, Morris, Ariola, Brendan Aronson, Sargent, Ferreira, Reina, and Pepe again most names that U.S. men's national team fans will know. So, Jack, let's talk about this roster. I, you had a, a lot of thoughts on this roster, uh, particularly with one player. I have we'll, one we'll, thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll save him for last. So, okay. Jack, I have, I've compiled a list of snubs okay. that some might say deserved a chance or otherwise can't be on this roster because they're injured or maybe it was 100% a coach's decision. I, I want to hear your thoughts on it and who the, the, the players that Greg Berhalter chose to take instead and how you think that is that fair or not. So the okay. first one, uh, obviously, you got to start with the goalkeepers first, is Zach Steffen. Uh, usually people would say Matt Turner, Ethan Horvath, and Zach Steffen would be the three that they would take. Instead, it was jo Sean Johnson of New York City FC. Zach Steffen of Middlesbrough didn't get called up, kind of out of form, but also was dealing with an injury. Jack, shrug emoji or are you are, are, are angry emoji? 
Uh, shrug emoji. That's what that's what this okay. is. All right. All right. And, uh, he he has not had a good start to the season in the championship. Uh, he's conceded nine goals in six games uh, from an XG of four point six. Uh, so he is he is not keeping more goals out than he should. Yeah, uh, he has made an error that's led to a goal and he only has 12 saves, which gives him a save percentage of let me let me just quick do some math here 12 divided by 21 57 percent that's not great and only one clean sheet um sean johnson on the other hand has been very very good i think i i'm gonna be honest i've not watched much uh nycfc but you know 14 clean sheets this season 39 goals conceded 79 saves yeah, he he's he's been doing pretty well, and he played pretty well when he when uh, he played for the U.S. Uh, this summer. I want to say in June against mm-hmm. Morocco, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I I'm fine with giving him a chance. He also has you know experience and plays regularly for a club team, which I guess Horvath now does as well. But you know, I I I think that it's I I think we're we're fine with with leaving Stefan at home for now. Yeah. I mean, Stefan, his head coach at Millsboro literally said that he was ready to drop him uh, after he was injured because his replacement goalkeeper was doing pretty good. And that's kind of a, a fall from grace from Stefan since coming from Columbus to Manchester City with some pretty high regard to him, getting loaned out to Dusseldorf, I believe, and not doing amazingly there, going to City, playing some cup games, doing okay, doing pretty badly, especially in the in the last season against like the likes of Liverpool. And now dropping down a level still hasn't excelled. And you expect like a, a backup goalkeeper in from Manchester City to kind of boss up whatever team that he's a part of in uh, the championship. And that just hasn't been the case. So from form and form alone, you could argue that, you know, his his ability to play with the ball to his feet but even then i just don't think that that's his strength anymore no it it hasn't looked like it for a while but but just on form alone he definitely does not deserve to be here over you know matt turner the supposed starter and sean johnson and ethan horvath like he is definitely the fourth best out of that yeah all right for sure let us talk about some of the defenders, Jack. Uh, the first yeah. one on my list is Anthony Robinson, who is unfortunately injured, plays for uh, Fulham. But it looks like Joe Scally and Sam Vines are going to have a little bit of a backup left-back shootout. You know what I mean? Try, yeah. try to see uh, who is going to be going to that uh, on that plane to Qatar. So, Jack, Anthony Robinson's out. Do you have any thoughts on Scally and Sam Vines? I know you're a Joe Scally fan for sure. Yeah, he, he, he's been very good. He's been impressive. Uh, and Sam Vines, honestly, I don't know. I don't know enough about him in um, with Antwerp yes. to be able to make a judgment on him. I, I believe so, he's had a, a good season. That's what I've seen a lot of uh, U.S. men's national team player uh, fans say uh, about his time there so far. So. I mean, the stats say say that's the case. He, he has a goal and an assist uh, for Royal Antwerp, and I think they're doing pretty well in the league. I mean, I they're first, so I'd hope yes. so, yeah. Yes, they, they are. They have not dropped a single point and uh, have one of the better d- defenses in the entire league. And you, uh, they have, like, a, a good amount of, like, quality players. Like, I, I can't pretend, like, like it's just him on the left side kind of uh, bossing it up. I mean, uh, you have a former 
former Tottenham player, former uh, Atletico uh, Madrid player, Southampton player, Toby, I can never pronounce Alder his name. Alder Alderweireld, and, and he's been probably their best defenders. But, you know, Sam Vines is also there, and he's also good, so, you know, fair play, yeah, fair I mean, play. Cool. It, yeah, <laughs> I, I, cool. He, he, seem, he seems like a good player. Uh, Robinson, obviously, injured, so, oh well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Robinson's for sure the first He's choice, a lock. It, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. It's, not, it's not like anything's going to change that, so. Yeah. Uh, I, I would like to see Joe Scali, though. I, I know he didn't play well against, I believe it was Morocco. I think he got burned a couple times, or was it Uruguay? One of the two teams. Uh, but the, the talent's there, right? If you play for if you play week in, week out for a Bundesliga team, and you're a 19-year-old, you got to get looked at, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been doing well for Mönchengladbach, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, just so, some highlights. He he's done, he did well against Bayern Munich, did well against Freiburg, who have been doing well, and kept a clean sheet against Leipzig, who have a stacked attack. So yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, speaking of defenders that are injured, Cameron Carter Vickers, I believe, got injured this past yeah. weekend, and he's been replaced by Eric Palmer Brown and Mark McKenzie. I want to say yeah, because um, also injured was Chris Richards. Chris, are you serious? What the yeah. heck? Richard, that's why there's two new defenders in. It's Richards and Carter. This is the Carter worst Vickers. day of my life, man. Uh, so heck? I, I will say on both of those, I, I'm fine with both of them getting getting some looks. Eric Palmer Brown has had a pretty good start to the season with Troy's. Uh, Troy's are doing all right in league on, you know, they're 10th place, middle of the pack. Uh, and I, I, I think he's he's done pretty well so far. You know, he. He he's won quite a lot of his tackles, 82% of them made 43 clearances, nine interceptions, and we're only eight matches in. Not too bad of stats for playing in league on. Uh, And I'm guessing you were also going to ask about Mark McKenzie. Yeah, because he got he's the other one that got added in here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mark McKenzie. Yes, very, very happy to see him because the last time we saw him, he didn't perform particularly well. But he's definitely grown a lot as a player and has made six straight appearances uh, while only conceding a few goals, I think. I don't think he's conceded. I don't think Genk in general have conceded that many goals. Uh, And he's currently the top rated defender in the Belgium top flight, uh, according to SofaScore. So, I mean, he's he's made six straight appearances and. have only conceded three goals in those appearances um, or six, six or something like, uh, yes, six uh, in the last six only conceded three goals. That's a good record. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, good, good, good. Not uh, obviously it would have been nice to have Chris Richards or Cameron Carter Vickers in because I think Carter Vickers and Zimmerman or Richards and Zimmerman is probably the, ideal cb pairing for the world yeah, cup I, I was just gonna say like i really don't want to see aaron long and zimmerman in the look i i don't want to see aaron long at all so i mean i, I, I don't care yeah, who he's paired with yeah he could be he could be paired with tiago silva he could be paired with rudiger <laughs> he could be paired with virgil van dyke although not right now is virgil van dyke sure and i would not want to see it i don't care yeah <laughs> I mean, like, like I, I like EPB and Mark McKenzie as much as the next person. I, I think they're very good prospective defenders. But in terms of, like, talent right now, 
like Chris Richards has got to stay healthy. Like, and like Chris Richards, I, I don't even remember the last time he's been with the team. He wasn't, I don't believe he was there during the summer uh, because he was injured. Like he just, and he's not even playing like that many minutes. Like he's coming off the bench really for uh, Crystal Palace. So it, it, he, I'm not saying it's his fault, but like he in general needs to like catch a break sometime because if he just keeps on getting injured, he's not going to develop and he's not going to find time with the U.S. men's national team. Last time he played for the U.S. men's national team was January 30th against Canada when we lost two to zero in Canada. Right. You're right. And so, so, so that, that is that is two windows, now, three windows now that he has missed. Yes. I'm sure that he is a shoe in for the World Cup based on his profile, but I'm I'm hoping he can find some like a little bit of form. Hopefully the injury is not long term. I it we got the news literally four hours ago, so uh, unless some news came out, whatever I don't know, like something some something's gotta be happy, be good because not only is CCV injured and all these players injured, Richards injured, but it also coincides with two players not being called up not being one of the replacement players instead it went to epb and mark mckenzie and those two players would be uh tim ream and john brooks tim ream who i'll be honest is playing pretty well for fulham which is not something that you could say the last time they're up in the premier league but he's been pretty decent as a captain and also leading their defense to not be as embarrassing as last time and john brooks who just made the move to uh, benfica uh, also a coach's decision and I can probably point to the fact that those two players are not really well known to be able to handle a high line defense uh, which is probably what uh, Greg Berhalter wants to use so even though those are two very good defenders very good uh, ball playing defenders I the fact that they weren't called up I don't think they're going to get called up for the World Cup at all yeah that's unfortunate I think because Tim Ream I think he deserves to be in the squad, if only for locker room presence, honestly. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, sure, I get not being able to play a high line. But why is Aaron Lawn there then, huh? Because he has not been looking good for uh, New York Red Bulls. Like, sure, New York Red Bulls as a team is doing well. But is Aaron Lawn the main contributor to that? No, he's not. So I... I I think I, I think they should have gone with Tim Ream personally. Uh and he should be he should be in here. John Brooks. I I have a feeling he's not coming back regardless. No. It it doesn't matter. Uh it doesn't matter how good he might be playing. Clearly something is wrong. So it's not it's it, it's not gonna it's not gonna happen. He and that's kind of just it is what it is, I guess. I, I don't know what else to say about that. Uh, should he be in there? Probably. But I don't think he will be anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So, Yunus Musa also has only a slight injury, uh, but he will be out for precaution uh, in this window. He's another one of those locks who I can very much say, like, we kind of know what is expected out of him. He has played well. Uh, he has the chemistry with a lot of the other, you know, central midfielders like Weston McKenney, Tyler Adams, Luca Della Torre. So he, he's out and he's replaced by Johnny Cardoso, as I previously mentioned, of Internacional in uh, Brazil. 
any thoughts on Cardoso, Jack? I personally have not seen a lot of uh, of him outside of the games that he's played for uh, the multiple different youth teams that he's played for. I mean, I haven't seen much either, but the stats say that he's been playing well. Three goals and two assists and 10 right. starts. Uh, that That's pretty good, you know? Uh, he's created 14 chances, 86% pass completion rate. Uh, pretty good dribbler from what I can tell, which is, mm-hmm. you know, a nice thing to have also 50 50 on tackles not not too bad for a more creative midfielder um i i that i i can only speak off of the stats but based off of how everyone else rates him i'd say that it's it's not a bad idea to give him a chance you know yeah i i was kind of hoping that mihailovic would have gotten a call-up seeing that he was literally on like the the call-up sheet last june so yeah, that that would have that would have been a good idea, but also I wonder how much of that has to do with Montreal. Maybe maybe Montreal wanted to keep him for the rest of the the season. But even then, I, I mean, I can't you make the same case for Kellen Acosta? I mean, he's an important part for the LAFC team, so you could. I I I don't know exactly why. It's yeah. probably more of a fact that. Burhalter made a dumb decision, but whatever. Uh, I mean, I, but also Cardoso is absolutely like I, I'm not mad either which way. Yeah, he, like to be honest, Cardoso, it's it's good to see him getting a chance. I guess that that's yeah. the that's the way I'd I'd put it. From from, from what I've seen, uh, people talk about him, and also seeing what little highlights I have, he has improved a lot since let's say the the failure to qualify for the Tokyo Olympics. And like his kind of rough go of form at the beginning of the Brazilian season. So, you know, fair play to him. Uh, him and Malik Tillman, exciting name in the central midfield spot, are going to be the youngsters going to uh, uh, Europe for these friendlies. I, I, I am not scared at all for this midfield. Like, whether it's Tillman, Luca del Torre, Adams McKenna, even Acosta, p- pretty good midfield uh, to take to Qatar to take to these friendlies so pretty happy uh another uh short-term injury is tim Weah. Uh, I-, I was mad that jordan morris was on this roster because i was like what he hasn't even played well for cl sounders then i remember that tim Weah was injured and i was like oh well it makes a makes a little bit more sense doesn't though because who's there's the, someone else who should be there who, who's who's the winger who's who's the winger that you think should be there well sergeant should be the winger you think so? Sargent's no. been playing on the wing for Norwich for the entire season. No, I, Sargent's played a lot more centrally uh, this season. Uh, he he's played a lot on the wing. He it, he because Timu Puki plays through the center. What Timu Puki? Timu not starting as much uh, this season. No, nah, I I I'm pretty sure he's still starting quite a bit for Norwich. Blah blah uh, blah blah. He's started as many matches as Sargent. What are you talking about here? Blah 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 blah. Nah, it, no, Josh. Okay, because yeah, here's my on. here's my reasoning. Can I can I talk about it yet? Can yes, t- yes. Oh, no, 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 not yet. Fine. L- okay, l- let's I'll wait. I'll let's wait. talk about the wingers first. <sighs> okay. I, 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 I'm saving. I'm saving. Uh, he who must not be named to last. Oh man. Uh, so this will be quick. You know, okay. Wea is out. So you have uh, Chris Pius, like Trude Morris, Paul Ariola, Brent Aronson. Gio Reyna on the wing. Good to see Gio Reyna back. That's it. All right. Now let's talk about strikers. We have Josh okay. Sargent, Josh Sargent, mm-hmm. Pepe, Ferreira. 
Yep. Two of those names I consider right now to be locks for guitar. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that is Jesus Freire, who's played very well for yes, FC Dallas. Very true. Uh, being one of the best American players in the MLS right now. And Josh Sargent, who has, I don't have his stats uh, with me right now. Six goals. Six goals. In 10 appearances. Yes. For Norwich. All right. And Josh, I, I understand what you're saying. He's a 4 3 3. I bet if you look at his average position, he okay. cuts in a lot more. Okay. I, like, like there, there's, there's just no way that you'd have Josh Sargent on the wing when you have so many good players that you can have. Like, Josh Sargent on the wing is not because he's a good right winger, it's just because North City is a, a championship level side that needs to, like, just throw players on there. But. There's one player that I would maybe not be taking to these friendlies, but is be going, and one player that isn't going that I would. And Jack, you like him. Now that I'm an Union Berlin fan, I like him. Who is that man, and who should he be replacing? Look, I before I start this, I said this at lunch today. I, I've been supporting this player since before it was cool. Yeah. Literally before he went to Union Berlin, that gives it away who it is. Before he went there, I've been supporting him all the way. I didn't. I was like, I know he's missed some shots, but he's got finishing. He's got that dog in him, and guess what? He does. Jordan <laughs> Peefock. He needs to be in the squad. He should be on the plane to Qatar. You. I mean, I've been I've been posting about it a lot on Twitter. For example, like when when, when they when they uh when they announced Mark McKenzie and Eric Bra- Palmer Brown are coming in. I said, yet PFOC is still sitting at home in Berlin. I don't know. He, he honestly, he's so good that he would probably be a great defender either way. He should be in the squad. Oh, wow. I don't, I, he, he, if you look at what he's been doing for Union Berlin, he deserves to be in this. Squad. He scored yesterday. He scored yet. He, he scored yet today. Actually, it was oh, today. Yeah, today. And it was a great goal. It was a poaching goal. It was perfect. He just swipes through and just nails it past the goalkeeper. Amazing, amazing, amazing technique. And he has he has three goals and two assists in six games. And guess what? Union Berlin with a, with I think uh, yeah a fourth of the season played is top of the Bundesliga. Let's go. Top of the Bundesliga. Let's go. By, by two points. Like, they, they haven't lost a game yet. They're the only team in the Bundesliga to not lose. They have one of the best offenses, you know, second only to Bayern Munich. And guess yeah. who scored <laughs> almost half those goals? They're, they're I mean, they're two, they're two forwards, right? Like, yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying that he, 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 like, he has scored, uh, a lot of their goals or or has a con- he, contributed he, yeah he's to, he's contributed to 40 percent of their goals yeah that's cr- that's crazy numbers how do you not call that up Pepe, on the other hand scored his first goal for Groningen in the eredivisie i mean good for him i i'm not i i i'm i'm not going to come on here and like slate his accomplishments just because but i i'm sorry scoring for Groningen is not the same like scoring once for Groningen let me let me clarify who are 12th in the Eredivisie is not the same as carrying a team forward and helping their offense to be top of the Bundesliga have you heard uh Berhalter's quotes about this decision Oh no! But I'm sure it's terrible, isn't it? I I can read them out to you. I can read them out. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's going to make me mad. So let's see. Let's see. Uh, on Pepe, 
quote, keep in mind, this is a guy who's that scored three goals for us in World Cup qualifying, but has had a tough time since. We're trying to get him confidence. We're trying to get him in the group to see if he can make a push for the final roster on Jordan Pifok or Jordan Siabachu or as the Bundesliga website has him just now, Jordan. Uh, just Jordan. I'm confused, too. Uh, we're pretty confident that we know Jordan's profile and we know what he can do. And we didn't feel like we needed to see him in this camp to determine whether he can be on the roster. Very, that's a very politician way to say things, you know, like, like you can either say that one way or you can say that another way. And who's to say which way you're saying it? Who's to say? Yeah, no, I, I was right. It makes me mad. Okay. Uh, it, it does like, unless, unless his intention is if Pepe doesn't impress in this window, it's, it's PFOC that's going to the world cup. If that's what it is, then awesome. I'm, I'm for that. That's what, because he, he should be going. He should be. If you score, if you contribute to six goals in seven games for a top five European league and all in all just have great stats throughout that, you should be playing for the national team, especially since yeah. we don't have a particularly like lethal striker at a top, top level. Like Ferreira has done well in MLS. You can, you can debate about like how much that says about him or how much it doesn't say about him, whatever. But PFOC scoring, scoring in the Bundesliga regularly is huge because if you think about like how Sargent and Hoppy did in the Bundesliga, they scored a few times, but it wasn't anything consistent. PFOC's pattern is consistent. And I, I don't know. I think we need that. I think that's kind of what we need. We, we need a consistent striker. Not don't just give a player a chance just because oh, we want to see if maybe they deserve to be in here. Give someone yeah. a chance who, like, you, who is currently proving it. Don't, I, I'm trying to think of the best way, way no, to put yeah, it, it, but, you know, it, you don't give them a chance because you think they might improve because of it. Give the people who have shown they improved a chance to prove themselves. Yeah, it, it seems almost like a kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy where, where, you're nurturing a plant that isn't growing and you're you're somehow expecting it to grow right Burhalter mentioned three goals in the world cup qualifying windows that was what october right like september like world cup qualifying is a long time and one of the things that i hate in sports is when you take past successes and you say oh well they did, did this a while ago so they have to be good if that was the case, then Italy would be going to the Italy would be favorites to the World Cup, right? Just because it happened a year ago doesn't mean that the same principles, you know, are the same today. And I, I agree with you. PFOC should be on this plane. And I, I really just don't agree with what Burhalter said. And I, I, I've lambasted him about some of these decisions before, but this is particularly weird where he's saying like he doesn't need to see like anything else from PFOC to know if he's going to be on the roster. That's just not how rosters historically have been built, right? You kind of need to have chemistry. Like when was the last time PFOC has played significant minutes with Pulisic, with Reyna, with Aronson? It's been a while, if at all. And so you need to give him minutes to tr at least train with them in order to get them, you know, on the same page, ready for Qatar. So, 
my inkling is that because PFOC doesn't fit the the role of a number nine that Burhalter wants, he's not planning to take him to the World Cup. Which is strange to me because your role as as a head coach of a national team is to build the best team based on the players that you have, not necessarily to you know bring in players to fit a system, but build the system for the players. And if you have someone who has five goal contributions in six games in the Bundesliga, how can six you six and seven, six and seven, six and seven? You're right. How can you possibly say no to that? How can you possibly say no to that? Because like, Burhalter hates goals. That's that's the that's the answer. He doesn't I, want to score. It's fine. I, I, I don't think Berhalter hates goals because there's a reason why he's going to start Ferreira is because he gets in good goal scoring opportunities. I, I really just think it's because he has he's a very set idea of what this team should be. And which is why, like, he's evolved tactically undoubtedly a lot since his first time coaching the team in 2019. But he does hold on to players, hold on to ideas for longer than probably should be the case. And I think that's the case with Pepe. Like, like, oh, Pepe scored three goals back in the day and he fit the system perfectly. Let's see if we can do that again. If it works out, that's great. But this seems like a huge gamble because you need time and chemistry. And if Pepe just flames out like people think that he will be and you're stuck with just with Sargent and Ferreira as your, your two strikers, and something happens to one of those players, that's a huge gamble for something that's likely going to happen. Either of them are going to get injured or they're going to run out of form. Like, I, I want to have three good strikers going to uh, the Qatar, and right now we have just two. Yep, last time he scored for the U.S. was October 7th, 2021. Was that El he Salvador? Scored, nope, he scored a brace against um, Jamaica. Jamaica, okay. That was, oh. the, that was the last time he, he scored. Awesome, um, cool. Yeah. Last time I th- checked, England and Wales are a lot different than Jamaica. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, also, that was the last time he scored until he scored his goal again uh, for Groningen. He had almost a year without scoring. Jeez. That that's I see that that kind of perform that doesn't warrant a call up. Yeah. It just doesn't. It it really doesn't. So uh, I don't know. It's it's yeah. so annoying. Well, the good news is for a lot of those uh injuries is that a lot of them are short term. Uh obviously I don't I don't know off the top of my head how Chris Richards is doing, but uh the bad news is again that chemistry won't be able to be built in for the likes of Richards, especially CCV, Musa, and PFOC. So I, I, I kind of fully expect extended runouts for the quote-unquote starters that are expected to play a lot of the games, and then also a good amount of minutes in-game tryouts for the hopefuls. Like, maybe we see Malik Tillman get 30 minutes uh, each game maybe we see Brent Aronson get a start instead of Christian Pulisic we know that Christian Pulisic is gonna gonna play so we'll see we'll see uh but Jack uh let's talk about some trivia how about yeah. that and as far as I know it's related it is it's related to the U.S. men's national team squad and some stats from this squad um we've got five questions and a bonus question here 
Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the easiest one because it's it's easy. By the way, stat padding is trivia about stats. In case you in case you sure. haven't listened to it before, uh, but the first question because you've already answered it. What are the two teams that the U.S. men's national team will play against this window? Oh well, that is Saudi Arabia and Japan. There you go. You've got one point. I Yay. told you. I told you it's gonna start off easy, right? Oh God, it's getting harder. <laughs> Well, yeah, that, that's kind of the point of this trivia. It would, it would be boring <laughs> if it was all easy. Um, right. So let's go to the next one. Who is the most capped player in each position group? So goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, and forwards. Without okay. looking at the roster. Okay. You got to rely on your ball knowledge here. You got it. Oh, okay, goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. Not Ethan Horvath. Sean Johnson, you would think because he's oldest. But it is Matt Turner, especially because of that Gold Cup run. Yep, Matt Turner is correct for that one. Okay. Second one, don't even, don't even have to think about it. I know Yedlin's on the roster, literally played in the 2014 World Cup. There's no way he's, there's another defender that's capped more than him. Yep, Yedlin with 74 caps, yep. Okay. For the forwards, I mean, this should be pretty easy. It's Christian Pulisic. I think he has more than like 45 caps so he has 51 okay. and also he was very close to to not oh, being wow. top paul was, Ariola has 48 oh, so and then you've got midfielders yeah this, this is actually the tough one yep uh honestly this is do i have to get all four of these to get the point we'll we'll see well i'll, I'll we'll see, see how okay. close you are okay. to the right one if, if you're right. like one away for, from him all right then. My heart wants to say Tyler Adams, but I know he's been injured. I know Callan Costa has played a lot of caps for like the Gold Cup and, and all of that. And he's also older. It's true. And Tyler Adams has been injured. I'm going to go with Callan Acosta. It is Callan Acosta oh. with 52 caps. Let's go. More than Tyler Adams second? Uh, no, Weston McKenney, 35. Tyler really? Adams has 30. I actually, I'll go, I'm, I'm very glad I didn't go with Tyler Adams then. Yeah, <laughs> because I would not have given you the point in that <laughs> okay. case. Uh, all right. Which leagues are represented by more than one player? Okay. Uh, MLS. Yep. There's seven MLS players on the roster. Premier League. Premier League has four, yep. Bundesliga. Bundesliga has two, yep. Oh no! <laughs> uh, oh, Eredivisie. Uh, uh, we just we just brought up Pepe and Luca Del Toro. Oh wait, no, 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 no. I take that back. No, not Eredivisie. Scratch okay. that. Scratch that from the records. <laughs> that was very close. I, okay. Okay. Uh, ooh, Des just moved to Milan. So, see. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, West McKenzie. Okay, Syria. Syria is one. Yep, Syria is one. You've got two more. Two more. My head is empty. Uh, uh, ooh, uh, oh, 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 you, you trickster. It's not just countries. It's, it's leagues. The, ch- the championship, yeah, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the championship. Okay. Yes. Championship has two players. Okay. Is there one an- more? Is there There's another Belgian player other than wait? No, it, there's two more. Wait, no. Okay. There's, there's was, one more. I, I'm so sorry. I looked, I looked through. I was, I was, I was, I'm looking back. I was, this, I was about to say the Scottish Premiership, but CCV is out. Mm-hmm. Which means that... I'm doing the math here. I'm doing the mental math. Which means that 
uh, Mark McKenzie is in, which means that him and Sam Fines are both from the Belgian Pro League. You got it. Yep, yep. You got all six. Dude, there you I, go. I, I almost found the bag like three different times. <laughs> yeah. That was not. That was not great. You almost got the Eredivisie on there. Yeah. Uh, so all right. Got, so yeah. we've got we've got some tougher ones. So of the outfield players called up. Heck How no. many have not scored for the U.S. men's national team? So excluding goalkeepers, uh, and this is according to the press release announcing the squad. So the U.S. men's national team account, when they tweet that out, uh, tweet out the roster, it has the numbers of goals uh-huh. they've scored. So I'm using that as my, as my uh, record for this. Okay. See, all, I, I think all the forwards have scored. Because I can't remember. You'd think Paul Ariola hasn't scored the way that his form is, but he has scored for sure. Jordan Morris has scored for sure. Uh, Roldan is not on this list. I, I can't have an easy uh, easy number one there, but uh, Cardoso and Tillman are for sure ones that haven't scored. Luca Della Torre is an interesting one. Don't know if he has scored. Sam Vines is in I don't no, Sam Vines scored in the Gold Cup. That's true. He scored. Chris Richards might have scored. I'm not including any injured players that have been taken okay, off the okay, roster. Okay, okay, good. I'm good. gonna I'm gonna give you that much so you don't go too far. Mark McKenzie. Ooh. EPB. Okay, I don't think they have scored. So put that at five. Joe Scally for sure has not scored at six. Who else? Sergio Dest has scored. Zimmerman has scored. I see the defenders are screwing me up. Long is for sure scored. Cannon? Can't, I think Cannon scored in a friendly just recently. Yedlin for sure has scored. I'm going to go with six. Six. Oh, you're so close. No! And it's so sad with the last one. You said Yedlin for sure has scored. And you would think so with 74 caps. He has not, he not scored. No, he's never what? scored. So it's seven. You got the other six. Oh my god! But you did, missed out on Yedlin. Yedlin. Yeah, Yedlin Dude. has never scored. DeAndre's letting me down, bro. Yeah, I'm Inter Miami. Inter Miami and disappointment. Can you name a better duo? No, uh, cannot. So the the last one here, three for four. Not Can you say I'm doing pretty good? Yeah, you're doing you're doing pretty good. We I, I'll I'll give you three point five out of four for getting six out of seven. Darn. Okay. Uh, which players have the top three goals per game ratio? Ratios. Oh goals per game. Okay. This is this one's actually impossible. Is it? It it, it was it, very close. It was very close between two of the players for third. It, is and this fourth. the last one? This is the last like official one, and then I have a. A, a few bonus questions. Okay. The, see, this is this is actually impossible because it, someone could like have two caps and score one goal, <laughs> and that's at fifty percent. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna go. The, you don't the have top. to list them in order. You don't have okay. to list them in order. So top. So how, how many do I need? Top you need three. Three. Okay. Yep. Is Christian Pulisic on the list? Christian Pulisic is on the list with zero point four one two. Okay. And I'll tell you as well. He's in second. Second. Oh gosh, uh, I don't know. Uh, Gio Reyna. Gio Reyna is not, but he's very close to Darn. third. 
I'll, I'll give you four guesses in total for it. Four, okay, uh, just, four guesses. Just to, just to make it a little bit easier. Okay, well, I'm just, just going to stick with the forward list, I think. I don't think a lot of the midfielders score enough goals, except for maybe West McKinney scores a lot of goals, but I don't, I don't, I don't think he's on this list. I, I want to say Josh Sargent, but I think that's the wrong answer. Can I go with... Pepe's literally only scored three goals, so I can't go with him. I feel like Brandon Aronson scores has scored a lot of goals. I don't I don't even know his cap number. Can I go with Brendan Aronson? Brendan Aronson is there. He's in third with 0. 0.273. Uh he's scored six goals in 22 caps. So You've uh, you found fifth place, you've found third place, and okay. second place. Okay, so I'm looking for a first place. Yes. Okay, well, I got everyone else of the forward line except the MLS players. For sure not Ariel, for sure not Morris. And the last player oh no. Uh 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 last player is Ferreira. Honestly oh he ha he scored like a crap ton in like the friendly not the the Danish League game is Granada. That's gotta like boost. Shot in the dark. Thanks to that Granada game going Ferreira. It is Ferreira zero point five three eight. Uh, fourth wow. place is Weston McKenney. He okay. has a, let me just quick type it in again, 0.257. And actually, Jordan Morris is in sixth. So wow. he, he has a 0.23. So That's not, not great. It's not great, but it's also <laughs> not terrible, not I terrible. guess. It, it's, it is one of the top uh, six. He's in the top six. Uh -huh. uh, so you, you did find... Let's go. You, you did find a four out of the top five so there is that uh and you so you you got 4.5 out of five what if you can if you can get this one then you're then you can get a full five out of five okay okay you have to uh, what is my ideal 11 from this squad is this the bonus one bonus yes question? this is the bonus question and you have to guess at least nine of the 11 players okay to get the Am point I okay <laughs> Is this like dream scenario or like realistic? Like we want to win a game. Like this, this is what I think would win us games okay. in, in this with the squad that's been put together for this. For, so, for, for uh, this window, for this window. Yes, for this window. Okay. Goalkeeper, Matt Turner. Okay, you got one. Right back, Serginho Dest. You got two. Center back, Walker Zimmerman and... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, you can probably go, eliminate one. <laughs> it's definitely not Aaron Long. I'm gonna go with EPB. It's Mark McKenzie that I have. Uh, in there. So you, you're three for four. You, you. Uh, Joe Scally on the left side. Yep, that's four for five. Am I? Can I assume it's gonna be a four three? It's a fourth. I'll say it's a four three three. Yeah. Okay. Tyler Adams at the six. Yep. The two eights are Luca Della Torre and. Uh, Weston McKenney. Yep, yep. Okay. I was convinced by Luca Delatore. Of okay. course, he's in there. So, on the left, Christian Pulisic. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a, that's an easy one. So you've got to get one of these last two. Okay. Uh, hmm. I'm not, I'm gonna skip the striker one because I'm actually scared. Okay. Uh, right. <laughs> I'm gonna guess for sure. Brandon Aronson's good, but is injured. I'm, uh, like, I feel like you might be a little bit conservative on that. I'm, I'm going to say Gio Reyna. 
You you got you got it. Yes, yeah. Okay, it's okay, Fiorina. Okay. Now, can you get ten out of eleven? Ten out of eleven. Mark McKenzie screwed me up, but see, it's I don't think it's gonna be Peppy. Okay. So it's what Sergeant or Ferreira, or is it a false nine? Or is it a false? Ni- <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. What or is, it, am I? Is that is that P Fox music? Oh no. <laughs> uh, uh, hmm. I know Sergeant is good, but I feel like you're gonna go stock here. I think you're gonna go Ferrera. Yeah, yeah. I went. Okay. I went with Ferrera. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you you got ten out of eleven. Yeah. I, I mean, the one that I thought would screw you up screwed you up. So uh, okay. I, I had a feeling that Mark McKenzie would get you. And then yeah. a final bonus question: Who is the biggest snub from this window and the best striker available to the U.S.? That it. That is. That is Jordan Siabashu, aka Pfock, aka yes, Jordan, aka five out, five out of five. The French Swiss God. Himself. The French Swiss. <laughs> you mean German? <laughs> uh, no. He, he was. He was. He might actually just be full French, like French American. Hey, that's he, that's more of a reason to like him. Look at that. You're there, giving you there more, you go. There more, go. more ammunition for the Pfock propaganda. Right, there we go. Right. That that is the propaganda that you were thinking would be on this on this uh of course on this uh no, no Dwayne Holmes propaganda <laughs> no Dwayne Holmes propaganda he's not, not this time he's not been playing that well for Huddersfield well so. I don't know what you expected but all right I expected him to be the best player in the championship nothing nothing less yeah that well, hasn't happened Jack we are you know running a little bit a little bit long I do want to talk about some of the games but there is like a kind of big news story that I want to at least kind of touch on, get your opinion as a Chelsea fan. And that is Todd Bowley's uh, recent interview that he had uh, talking about Chelsea, as well as a, a lot of other things. I'll, I'll just read you some of the quotes and we can go through them a bit one by one. The first one is the one that grabbed probably the most headlines, which is his all-star game proposal. I know you tweeted about this. I'd like to hear your opinion. Mm-hmm. He said, quote, why wouldn't we do a tournament with the bottom four teams to decide relegation, presumably? Why is it there an all-star game? People are talking about more money for the pyramid. Uh, he's, of course, referring to the gulf between the Premier League and the EFL. Uh, when MLB did their all-star game in L.A. this year, we made $200 million from a Monday and a Tuesday. I think you could do a North versus South all-star game for a Premier League and fund whatever the pyramid needed easily. Uh just to add on another quote, Jurgen Klopp uh, kind of made fun of this, saying, quote, he hasn't waited long. Oh, great. Maybe he can find a date for it. It's completely different in America. Does he want to bring the Harlem Globetrotters as well? Jack, what do you think about this all-star game proposal that Todd Bowley has floated around, mostly in jest? Mm-hmm. Look, on Twitter, originally, I was like, it probably wouldn't work. And then I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? No, you cannot be saying this. I am saying this. And no, this I, is I am saying this. this is my propaganda. other hot take. This is my other hot take. I can't believe you're saying this. I think I think maybe the way he's he's proposing it, not the greatest idea. But I think the spirit of it is not terrible. I think I think it could work. And also I want to note Jurgen Klopp's uh, interview quote, if you listen to the full thing, he goes on thinking about it. And at the end, he's like, oh, that could be kind of fun. He's it, he, he's converted. He's converted. That's a it, it is fun completely and utterly as a, like a 
a, ch- a charity game. That's no, that's what I mean. Okay, completely as a charity game. Get rid of the community shield, honestly. Get no, rid of keep the community no, shield. No. That is tradition. That is tradition. No. The community shield is boring. I don't like. I it's so boring. Uh, instead, get an all star game, or could or here's the other one that uh Jordan from Stateside Soccer Show floated. Take take like the best players that aren't playing in the community shield and have them play the all-star game. So then you could, you, because the, the community shield, it raises money for charity, right? But it, the idea of an all-star game raising money completely to be distributed throughout the pyramid is a good idea in general. It is a good idea. I think that the spirit of the idea is good. Meanwhile, and I, I'm not sure if you have this on here, but Gary Neville's quote about like, oh, the Americans are ruining everything. They want to take over and destroy the game. No, we, no, that's not that's not what this was. This is this. He was actually thinking more about the other clubs in England with it. I think I don't think it's the worst idea. The other way I could see this working is what if you went down the pyramid and actually had like championship players come up with it and be able to play? I, I think nah, it could this be is really dumb. This is stupid. no, I think it could stupid. be really interesting and I, I would watch it. I know a lot of people would watch it. There are some English fans that are like, oh, that's not the way we think about the game oh, here. Jack, you got do you know by ma- Todd Bowley, bro. No. Do you know how many casual fans out there would be all over this? Could you could you imagine for a second? Just I don't want to. No, 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 just follow, just follow me along. Just, just follow. No, no, no. Imagine Mo Salah, Erling Holland, Kevin De Bruyne, Christian Ronaldo, all on the same team. Imagine for a second. Think, think about how crazy that would be. Faced off against, like you know, player like uh, Harry Kane, Hyunmin Son, uh, Gabriel Jesus. Uh, Mason Mount, you, you know, know or N'Golo Conte, no, no. uh, Tiago Silva, uh, Alexander Zinchenko. It, it would be so, it you, would be you so couldn't cool. You throw a West Ham player okay, to, to here, win uh, me over. Declan Rice, Declan Rice. There, <laughs> you, go. there, there you go. There. Declan, Rice, Declan Rice playing alongside Mason Mount, and he doesn't have to go to Chelsea to do it. There we go. Look at, look at, look. I, no, okay. I, I think it would be fun, and I would be for it, especially if the money was to be completely distributed down the pyramid two things, i think it could two work. things here two things here that needs to mm-hmm. be understood number one do you really you're the person that said like we don't need any more football games we do not need to injure <laughs> players more you you were against you were against uh, game 39 another game being played you were against the revamped champions league because it added more games you were against the european super league because it was a money grab and also because it added games mm-hmm. yep you were you were against all of these yep Mm-hmm. And you're pro um what is even more of a meaningless friendly, and this is coming from someone that likes the All Star Game in the United States because it's been entrenched in our culture. And you're going to add another game that is not part of the culture to the English Premier League. Yes. Second point. Second point. I knew you were going to say that. 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 There's the entertainment factor. Mm-hmm. I personally don't think it's it's okay to to risk the health and safety of 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 countless of young men out there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm st- well. like because because the last thing you want, Jack, is in a preseason like no games have been played yet. You know, this isn't for a trophy for your team. Do you do, do you want to see Mason Mount tear his ACL and MCL in a in a game that 
has no bearing to your competitive success. It's not in the community shield. You don't even get a trophy if you win. No, I mean, but here's the thing. Play it at the end of the season. Play it at the end of the season. So, okay, but, but you Completely literally just... Completely throw away. Completely throw away game. So, 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 okay, so, so... Now, now we you can't do the the, the teams that aren't playing in the community shield because yeah you can. Yeah, can, you can. So, so so the teams you can. <laughs> okay okay fine well that that's Still stupid because the community shield's literally the beginning of the season but you... two but but two to this point two to this point you're gonna you can potentially injure sure you know you're you're done with the season mm-hmm. you're gonna potentially injure players before the international break the World Cup the Euros. If you're playing it like literally right at the end, why should players care? You'd have players opting out because who cares? And is it going to be before the Champions League final, before the FA Cup final? Is going to be a midweek game between those two games? Are you gonna are you gonna have teams risking that? It's a logistical nightmare for a game again that's not part of their culture. It's fine in the U.S. because that is what makes American sports American. But you don't need this if it's not something that is, you know, a historically entrenched idea. Yeah, but it's fun. And second of all, it's fun, though. (laughs) And second of all, this idea of goodwill Mm -hmm. towards, you know, the other half of the the pyramid, the other three quarters of the pyramid, I should say, uh, raising money for them. You know, what would be a bigger and better thing that could be done. What's that? How about the top six or even all the Premier League teams redistribute that wealth? Why does it have to come from a completely new thing? This is just another rich man who is trying to come up with another scheme to to skirt responsibility on his end. Chelsea is a rich team. Wh- whatever happened to, I don't know, spreading the TV money that, that s- helps so much the Premier League and Chelsea and redistribute that throughout the, the pyramid? That is a bigger thing. That is magnitudes better that's he brings up 200 million dollars you know how big the premier league contract was and that's just the premier league you redistribute that a little bit more and suddenly league two teams like like stockport county newport county all the counties will have maybe double the tv revenue that they get instead of two million it could be four million and that's huge for a league two team there you go. That's all you need. That's the that's the end of argument. That is Look, it. I can't keep this up anymore. I've been trolling you this whole time. That's, <laughs> I that's know you the- have. I know you have. <laughs> now I've been entertaining you because there's people out there that actually think this is a great idea. I think I very think what, few though. The, what I'll say is I think the spirit of it is not malicious in the way that like people like Gary Neville is characterized it as as like Gary Americans clown. Don't listen um, to that, yeah, man. Americans taking over and want to want to destroy the game that we all love in Britain. First of all, hyper-nationalistic, xenophobic rhetorics. Shut up, Gary Neville. That's what I've got to say. Um, uh, but also, like, the spirit of the game, that the spirit of this isn't terrible. The idea of distributing money throughout the pyramid is an undoubtedly good idea. Yeah. So that, that part is good. The execution is not. I, I, it would be entertaining. It, it's like... I feel like people, people would definitely watch it if it happened. It would be entertaining. It probably. Like, could it, it, I? I feel like it would be amazing to see Salah, Holland, and De Bruyne all playing together, right? Like that. That would be an. That would be incredible. But it. Pro- it probably just wouldn't work. It. It. 
the logistic it's a logistical nightmare uh but man it, it it's a fun concept to think yeah. about but that's why we have fifa ultimate team yeah yeah literally. <laughs> that's why we have that and it, it's, it's obviously not malicious because he did also bring up like wanting to have more standards and regulations around the transfer market mm-hmm. in order to kind of build equity between the different countries so obviously that's good he also brought up the multi-club model uh he, he brought up like rb leipzig and city a little bit uh in order to help kind of chelsea's development paths which i thought was actually interesting because you, know, you mentioned like their sporting director new sporting directors yeah. from and rb he, salzburg he's been looking to purchase i think a club in spain or portugal and one in brazil so uh it looks like he might chelsea might be moving in that direction and honestly yeah. I, I wouldn't be completely opposed. I'm not going to say I'd be completely opposed. I mean, I mean, other than the colonial uh, c- colonialism aside. Okay. Well, competitively, it could be good. But also, like, can you really say that, like, NYCFC, Melbourne City, uh, what's uh, G- Sporting Girona, I think. Yep. Th- has that helped Manchester City? I don't think that's like. Like, in terms of, like, getting players to the pipeline, I don't really think that's been a huge help. Salzburg and New York Red Bulls helping oh, RB Leipzig. Come on, yes, it ha- yes that has. Who, who who's like who are like the major players there that moves like up? Aronson from Salzburg to uh or no wait what am I saying? Uh, Aronson didn't no, move there. Adam uh, didn't Adams go from yeah from and, Red and, Bull and, to New and, York and, Red and, Bull and, to and Leipzig? how did that help that him with the how did how that help Leipzig? You know it, it got them. He scored in the Champions League semifinal. Yeah. Do you not remember that? Yeah, wow. no, I remember fake, that. Fake I was, fan? I was there. Fan? It was also a deflection goal. So that's uh, good. I, I, they them. gave the credit to to Adams. Oh. I, know, I know they did, but but it had like that amount of investment compared to what they got out of that. I don't think it's been huge, and I think the biggest thing I gets them is just uh, kind of control in other leagues and whatever. Like there's some there's probably some financial incentive that keeps them there. Uh, outside of just like player sales like competitive success so whatever but competitively like i don't really see like a huge point huge deal so i don't know yeah look i i'm intrigued by the idea of an all-star game i think it would be interesting it would be entertaining be all these things and the idea of giving money down the pyramid good the logistics behind it just don't work unfortunately yeah. that's just that's just the reality of it okay. uh and it's painful to to say that because uh, i i do i do also love the irony of like all of the british punditry and like british fans going like oh my gosh no my league it's being americanized no and then every single a news outlet in britain like making content off of it like sky sports being like yeah. Hey, who would you pick for your North and South uh, best 11? Like, be consistent. I don't know. I don't know. If you're going to publish op-eds that are like, or, or like support Gary Neville and saying this would ruin the game, don't also make content off of it. Uh, it's, but it's funny. It, it, yeah. it, that, I think it's funny how like a suggestion that's ha- that seemed to be half made as a joke made British media melt down so quickly. It was hilarious. It is hilarious. I'll say that it much is, at least. It is. Jack, you know what else is hilarious? What? Bayern Munich. Ha. L for them. Dropping points in four games in a row for the first time 
since 2001. Bayern Munich has done pretty well for themselves in uh, the Champions League, you know, beating Inter, <laughs> beating Barcelona. In the league, though, where no, you'd expect so them to run away, something that I thought they'd expect to, to run away in, uh, I said, I specifically said that no Lewandowski, no problem. Well, no Lewandowski. Big problem. <laughs> big problem. Uh, FC Augsburg actually uh, beat Bayern Munich, won it to zero this past week. Yeah. Friend, friend of the podcast, uh, by the way, Andrew Nelson, very happy. Very happy. Oh, yeah. He's a big FC Augsburg fan, so he, he was very hyped up with this because uh, that game, wow. Uh, their goalkeeper, Gikowicz, I think it is. Like six had, saves, seven saves. He had six saves. Two yeah. of them were against Neuer in the last minute when yeah, he came Neuer, up for Neuer points. is so close to scoring. I was like, twice, wow. Twice great he comes headers, close to scoring. Yeah. But he, but uh, Kikiwix just comes up with comes up with some amazing saves. Like this, this was a great performance by Augsburg, uh, and not a great one from Bayern. No, uh, I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't think their midfield again has was like very good at controlling uh, the center of the pitch. And obviously, you look towards their forward line, Jack. Were you going to say anything about that? Their forward line just did not perform that well. I mean. To be fair, Thomas Muller created two big chances. Uh, Sadio Mane just happened to miss one of those chances, and I think Musiala missed one, and Sané missed one as well. It was M- M- Mane hasn't scored in the league since when they played VFL Bochum and blew them out 7-0 la- like Ooh. a month ago. Yeah, that's not great. That's not, not great. That's really I, not great. In fact, Jack, I, I have some crazy stats about FC th- this this game. Okay. Uh, FC Augsburg has ended FC Bayern's record streak of 87 consecutive Bundesliga games where they have scored at least one goal. 87 game streak. Jack, wow. do you want to know um, the la- the last time they lost it? They lost that streak. When was that? It was in 2014. Guess what team also ended it? Was it Augsburg? It was FC Augsburg. Where oh my they, god! They ended a, a record streak of sixty-five consecutive games with a goal. <laughs> wow. Well, you know what? Good for them. Good for them. They've re- they've really come up big <laughs> twice now. Bayern have had ninety-four shots in their last four games, and they have won zero of those four games. There's, cl- it's clear that there is a clinicality problem. I, I don't think that they can really. You know, defeat a low block because you look at Inter Milan and Barcelona. What is the main difference between those two teams and the other teams that they have played, other four teams that they played? Well, Inter Milan and Barcelona play a little bit more free. They kind of want to control the ball, which Bayern was able to deal with because they were able to find like holes in their armor. Meanwhile, Augsburg, Stuttgart, Union Berlin, Mönchengladbach, they're all going to play a little bit more defensively against Bayern because. They are levels below Bayern. They can't break down low blocks. They can't break down low. Bl- you know who can though? You know who did? Who, who Robert Lewandowski. Be? Yeah, he was able to create goals out of nothing, and now there's nothing, and there just is nothing. So, honestly, like, is Nagelsmann's times up? I don't know, but all I know is that. Bayern's got to wake up or else my Union Berlin are going to run away with this league. Your Union Berlin that you started supporting this season. 
Hey, I'm kidding. I'm to, kidding. To be fair, hey, it was before the season. <laughs> okay. Literally, literally, Andrew's okay. like, hey, you should cheer for a Union Berlin. They're just like West Ham, except not bad. So I'm cheering. <laughs> They're that. actually the opposite of what? Not pure opposite. Uh, pure opposite would be third place, I guess. <laughs> they can score goals, so it's the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Jack, how about Tottenham losing to Sporting CP in the Champions League? And then just destroying Leicester City. What's going on there? What's what's up in the in the London air? Uh, Tottenham are still inconsistent. I think is the main thing. Uh, they they kind of have been for a little bit. Like yes, they put they're capable of putting together some good results, but also they can they have some off games. Kind of like they have some pretty big off games. Like I think the one against West Ham. Was it, it was a good example? Yeah, that was that was a good example of an off game. Then they had a decent game against Fulham, a good game against Marseille, and then against Sporting, they they just didn't take their chances. They 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 created some big chances but missed them. Son uh, was just bad, I think. Yeah, he 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 was not performing well. Richarlison uh, started this game. By the way, watched player, bad player. Uh, don't I don't trust him to be a good player for Spurs. Kane didn't perform well. Uh, I didn't think their defense was particularly good. Lloris was all right. He made four saves. Uh, Bentoncourt, Emerson, uh, and Perisic were like their best players because Perisic was creating some chances. Emerson Royale was creating some chances. And Perisic what a great pickup this season. Yeah, but at the end of the day, Sporting just Sporting epitome of smash and grab. Epitome of smash and grab. Uh huh. Two late goals, ninetieth and ninetieth plus third minute. Yeah, that, that's that's the epitome of a smash and grab. Their defense held strong. Uh, Antonio Adon, I think is how you pronounce it. Five saves. Uh, he was he was really good. Uh, and they made good substitutions. Paulinho and Artur both came off the bench. Uh, Arthur, Arthur or Artur. I'm not sure how you pronounce it for this for him. He came off the bench in the 90th minute and scored in the 90 plus third. Good. I, I'm shocked because I thought sporting were kind of washed on um, honestly yeah but yeah the the coach amorim just made better substitutions and conte did not use substitutions he subbed on kulisevsky in the 72nd minute uh who should have been starting imo yeah you compare that to the leicester game and he was making more substitutions to change up the game yeah like when they when uh they were only one goal ahead he went ahead and made three substitutions in quick succession and then they were able to score three more. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I think they're I think that I think Conte sometimes gets in his own way. Occasionally. Sure. It's it's Especially not in the it's, Champions League. Holy yeah, crap. Yeah. It's it's not like it's not a consistent problem with him. Yeah. But it just seems like he overthinks things sometimes. And sometimes sometimes his tactical flexibility is good and sometimes it's really off. Uh, I really yeah. don't know what exactly it is with the Spurs, but there's something. <laughs> I, I I think them moving uh to a three five two in this game against Leicester really unlocked them, and I think that's where they should be in the future. I I don't, I don't think three four three has really worked out for them uh this season, uh because Richarlison came off for uh Hyungmin Sun, and Hyungmin Sun kind of sat more centrally in like the midfield three. Along with Bentoncourt and and Hoiberg, who really awesome, I like them. I like them there. 
uh, Kulisevsky, uh came off for Basuma and Sun moved a little bit uh, higher up. Uh, but I, I think that just works a lot better than just having Bentoncourt and Hoiberg in the middle and for Charleston Kulisevsky behind Kane. I just feel like the connection just works a lot better. Uh, but I also think that this is the reason why you bring in Richarlson. He hasn't played amazingly, but it also gives you like tactical flexibility to, you know, I think Sun has been playing worse than Richarlson this entire season to be like, hey, Sun, <laughs> it sounds like I'm, I'm the hey, dad. Son. Hey, son, you need to sit down because you have been playing like dog water. And that allows you to be like, hey, son, <laughs> get in there. Get in my there, child. Get in there, yeah. champ. And suddenly, Hyungmin's son, because of that, is able to run against tired legs like Ndidi, who sucked, and uh, Ward, who sucks as a goalkeeper, and score a, a hat trick in 13 minutes and become the first Spurs player to score a hat trick as a substitute. So, I, I, I think I, I think what what uh, Conte needs to do is just play the three five two, and just play the players that are good that seems like overly simple but I, I just feel like he's held way too long to sun even though he before this wasn't playing too well and i i just think just thinks he needs to s simplify it down a little bit and use his subs yeah like you said jack bren rogers in or out probably out <laughs> lester less something is not working at lester and I'm starting to believe that it might be Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. Um, because you look at this, I mean, for example, the Chelsea game, by all, by all means, they should have won that game. Chelsea were playing down a man for legitimately two thirds of the game. They, they should not have, they, they should not have lost that game, but they did. Anyway, um, you look at the Manchester United game, they, they zero to one. They had some shots, but nothing looked cohesive. The Brighton game, they just got torn apart. And then the Tottenham game, again, getting torn apart. The, this team does not look cohesive. They've conceded the most goals in the Premier League. And Bournemouth conceded seven or nine goals in one game, right? Uh -huh. or seven or nine? Something it was nine. Bad. It was nine. Yeah. <laughs> They've still conceded more goals this season than Bournemouth. Uh, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. No kidding. Their offense hasn't been terrible. They've scored 10 goals, but their defense is just leaking so bad. Uh, I think Fofana leaving actually, like, I think they might, it might have critically damaged their team. I'm not going to lie. Uh, their, their replacement, Wout Faze, had a terrible game against Spurs. Johnny Evans, he's 34 and it's showing. castania uh, has been all right. James Justin has been, I guess, all right. Danny Ward has not been good. Uh, zero clean sheets, I believe. Uh, conceded. Oh, God. This, every time I look at the stats, it gets worse. He's conceded 22 goals. XG conceded 12.9. <laughs> that, that's awful. But it's not like Lester have a goalkeeper on the bench that they can be like, okay, here, um, Alex Smithies, here, here's a chance for you. Like, I don't know. I think, I think Lester, Lester might be in just a lot of trouble for, for this. Uh, I'm... Yeah, it's going to take a miracle man to help save their season to the where 
the levels where they would want to be. Yeah, it's it's not looking particularly good. The one bright spot I will say, James Madison looks good. Oh, obviously, he's always but he good. he also I don't know. It, sometimes it feels like he plays more for himself than the team. Dang. If that makes sense, I, 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 that's not to call him completely selfish, but there are just some times where it, it feels like, you know, if you created, if you took an extra pass, maybe you would score, you, you would find someone yeah. more likely to score. That's, that's the case with a lot of players though. So it's not particularly just against him, but Lester have not won, uh, at all this season. They've taken one point. And that was on the first game of the season. Mm -hmm. That's it. And they had a promising preseason too. Yeah. Like they, they, they lost only once in preseason, but I guess it just shows that preseason is not an indicator of absolutely not. everything else, but probably Rogers out to answer the question. Probably Rogers out. Probably, Rogers out. probably Holland in Jack, a city looked like they might be losing to Dortmund in the champions league and came back and, not only came back, but that Erling Holland goal where he oh my God. just raises his foot up and just smashes it in. Like he's just a robot. It, he's just disgusting. It's called like a stomp goal is what I referred to it as because he's just like <laughs> basically just like will that goal in pretty much. It's a FIFA goal. Yeah if, yeah. if if you were playing FIFA online with someone, that is the type of goal that would go in against you that would make you break your controller. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what that was. I am sorry to Erling Holland for ever doubting him because yeah. <laughs> Ever since I was like, oh, hot take. I think they're going to like ease him in. He's played every single game. <laughs> He's like straight and up scored in every single yeah, game or something. Literally. Or maybe not every single game. No, actually. Uh, actually, he, actually, no, he hasn't scored in every game. He, he assisted because he only assisted in, Bournemouth. in Bournemouth. But since that egregious miss in the Community Shield final, he has had a goal contribution in Every single competitive game that he was in, Champions League, Premier League, doesn't matter. He scored hat tricks. He scored braces. He scored game winners. Everything. Early in Holland version three point one uh, really yeah. came out quick. Like we were we, we were joking about that after the Community Shield. Like oh, they haven't installed the next update yet. They fast tracked that update or something because yeah. he he. It just feels like whenever he is near the goal. A goal is inevitable. Yes. I even said today, like Chelsea play them in the first round or the third round of the EFL Cup. First round we're involved in. Uh, our success is pretty much entirely determined on if they start Holland or not. If they start Holland, I pretty much accept loss is inevitable. Uh, if they don't start Holland, I feel like we have a chance. That that's that's what I feel like the reality of this is. Yeah, because he's just like the most efficient player that I have like ever seen in my years of watching. Every he, yeah, <laughs> he has yeah. a quote where he says, "My dream is to touch the ball five times and score five goals." Like, like that's terrifying. How do you how do you win against <laughs> that? You can't. That mentality is insane. It's insane. Like you can't com you can't compete against it. There's no way. Like it. It's oh my god. He. He's a beast. Yeah. He is it, he is a beast. And he scored yesterday against uh Wolverhampton Wanderers and there the Manchester when's when Manchester City's next game? Is is it Chelsea? It's against Man United. Oh ho, ho, can't wait after the international break. That's oh, going to be that's, that's going to be incredible. A good game for sure. I would love nothing more if he did the Sue celebration in front of Ronaldo after yeah. scoring a hat trick. 
would be amazing. Speaking of Schadenfreude and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, let's talk about Juve being bad. Let's talk about Serie A being crazy, <laughs> Atalanta being good, uh, Napoli also being good, and Udinese somehow being in the mix. Jack, Serie A is nuts. Let's start off with your team. Atalanta beating <laughs> Roma. Very, very big game. Jose Mourinho getting sent off. You watch the entire thing. Can I get? Can we get a, a short overview about what happened there? Yeah, um... Roma dominated this game. By all accounts, they should have won. What was the XG? Tell me what the XG uh, was. The XG was 2.42 to Roma. You know, pretty good, right? Uh, to 0.18 for Atalanta. And Atalanta won 1-0. to zero. They had one shot on target, Atalanta. One shot on target, one goal. Outside of the... the... Outside of the box. It was an outside-of-the-box goal from a center back that rushed forward, by the way. Giorgio Scalvini, 18 years old, just rushed forward from center back and just smashed it past uh, past Patricio. It was it was pretty good. It was a great goal. Um, and Atalanta was pretty much just con- content to sit back for the rest of the game. And their defense was incredible uh, for for context in this game. Right. Uh, there was a collision between Merit Demerol center back and Juan Musso goalkeeper. Juan Musso has been a fantastic goalkeeper, right? Uh, but he got a head injury, so he had to he had to exit the field. And Sportiello came in, and immediately I started getting worried because Sportiello um, has not been fantastic, to say the very least. Uh, he hasn't been terrible, but there was also uh, the 2020-21 season where he conceded 21 goals in 13 games mm-hmm. from an XG of 12. Uh, he 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 didn't all he wasn't always reliable, but he was on it today. He came on cold and it did not feel like it. Uh, he made some incredible saves. Like some of the saves, one of the, one of them had an XG of like 0.8, and he made a save. Wow. Uh, he he was attentive. He came off of his line when needed. He he really looked fantastic. I I was very impressed with the performance. Uh, and you know Tammy Abraham had a really egregious miss in the forty first minute. It rolled legitimately an inch past the post. It had an xG of point four. Yeah, he he accumulated an xG of point eight six more than like. Five times the amount of Atalanta, six times yeah. actually, and didn't score. Roma's finishing was awful. It was horrific, honestly. Like I, there were so many shots that should have gone in, but nowhere near it. Uh, and also Zaniolo really wanted uh, Caleb Ocoli's shirt. I've got to say, because he, the reason Jose Mourinho gets sent off, I'm not sure if you saw this. Zaniolo goes down in the box while he's shoulder to shoulder with Okoli. Uh-huh. Okoli is like 21 years old, I believe. Yes, 21 year old center back. He got subbed on in the, at halftime. And so Zaniolo is like, this is a penalty. And all of Roma surround the referee. The referee calls a free kick uh, for Atalanta. And you look at it, uh, Zaniolo is pulling Okoli's shirt right here into him. He's pulling right. him into him and then falls down. Because he pushed, he pulled him too close to him and got him in his own way. He created the contact, and Jose Mourinho enters the field to complain about it, and then gets sent off. Obviously, right? Uh, so 
yeah, I I thought it was funny because he did the same thing a few minutes later and tried to do it. And yet he some he somehow avoided getting booked. That's simulation, I think. I think that's pure simulation, but uh it doesn't matter. I'm happy Atalanta won. Uh yeah, I, it it was a it was a good game to watch. I really enjoyed it, and uh, it was a great show of defense from Atalanta. Like, really, it was all defense because a defender scored the yeah. goal as well. <laughs> it's it's that bend not break mentality that got them through, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what you need. Uh, you mentioned their joint top. They're joint top with Napoli, who actually beat AC Milan today. You mentioned that a certain French striker scored in the 69th minute. Of course, mm-hmm. it was all. For knots because yeah. Napoli got the away win in San Siro thanks to a uh, Matteo Palitano goal, yep. penalty goal, uh, who subsequently went off injured literally 11 minutes later. Uh, but Giovanni Simeone yep. scored in the 78th minute to make it uh, 2 to 1. A lot of really good uh, performances here uh from this napoli aside of course including uh politano and Anguisa, who i've just been a very big fan of him and zielinski in the midfield makes me feel nice and warm and fuzzy yeah and and one of your favorite players got a few minutes off the bench too let's go Elgif elmas Elgif elmas <laughs> oh what a, what a man oh, still only 22 i feel like i've been, i've been hearing his name for a long long time uh, but yeah, Jack, Napoli, Napoli, according to uh, 538, are currently favorites to win Serie A. And I bring them up because they are, as you said, joint top with Atlanta. Atlanta is at 10%. How do you feel about this title race? Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Inter Milan, uh, but AC Milan obviously dropped very crucial points here. It drops down their, their chances to win Serie A, obviously. You got to win these home games. Is Atalanta a little bit underrated? Napoli a little bit overrated? Like, how do you see this title race kind of falling into place? I think Atalanta have been underrated for a little bit. I think ever since Papu Gomez left, they've been fall- falling under the radar just a little bit. I mean, last uh, season was also just terrible on their end. It, it wasn't the best, no. But they they still had some they still had some good stuff. They lost they they had some bad form from strikers, but they've rebuilt this team quite a bit. Uh, you know, Toon Coop Miners has come in and has been fantastic. Like he played for them last season, but this season he's been incredible. Uh, uh-huh. you, you've got, uh, play, younger players like Caleb Acoli coming in, uh, Giorgio Scalvini coming in, bringing in Ederson from, uh, Salernitana, uh, Rasmus Hoyland from, uh, what's the team in Denmark, uh, or no, from Austria, Sturm Graz. And mm-hmm. he's been doing good. He has a goal and an assist in, in three games. Like, Atalanta have rebuilt this team up. And it's a, it's a collection of some older players. You know, you've got Raphael Toloy, who's 31. Uh, you've got Martin Daron, who's 31. But then you've also got, like, some really young guys, like Ederson, who's 23. You've got Pashalic, is older than I thought. Never mind. Hoyland, who's 19. Scalvini, who's 18. Uh, you've got... Uh, You've got Okoli, who's only 21 years old. Uh, you know, like this team. Oh, and he didn't even play, but he's fantastic. Brandon Sopi, who has been so, so good for Atalanta, uh, like on the on the wing as a right midfielder or left midfielder. 
Uh, he's only 20. Like, this team is a lot younger now, and they seem really good. And I think some people are starting to to rate them a little bit higher. But this win, I think, is going to do them a lot of good. Because before, you know, they they were beating Sampdoria, Verona, um, Monza. But beating Roma, drawing against AC Milan, beating Torino, who have been doing well. Those are really good results, and I think I think Atalanta have a decent chance at challenging for the Scudetto this year. What 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 makes Napoli and AC Milan worse contenders? Like like who on their team? What tactically, like, will make them drop points? I'm not necessarily saying that Na- that like that Napoli are out of this. I'm not saying Atalanta are 100. Like no, I'm no fully I, I, I know, I know. But if it were to fall in Atalanta's favor what will cause napoli and ac milan to fall off the the horse ac milan i think it i think it more has to do with just like they they did change quite a a a few a few key players out in in this team which can hurt them a little bit but ultimately i i think i think your europe is the big thing that's going to drag Uh these two down a little bit Napoli and Milan are both in the Champions League. Atalanta are not in any European competition. Yeah. They can fully focus on the domestic league. Uh, so I think that's going to act as, as something huge for them. That, that goes for you know Lazio, Roma, Inter, Juve. All of them are in European competitions. Atalanta are not. And then I think that also benefits Udinese as well, who have been performing very, very well. Yeah, I've got to say they upset Inter Milan to uh, their credit, three to one. Yeah, they they have been fantastic, and I think it comes down to just to switch over to them for a second. Uh, they have two really great players, Beto from uh, uh, who came in. He was on loan originally, uh, but he came in on a permanent transfer. He scored four goals in seven games, and then also. Former Watford player Gerard De La Feu, who has five assists in the first seven games. He's been making a lot happen. And I don't know exactly what changed for Udinese, because if I'm remembering correctly, last season was not their best. Yeah, they were 12th. Uh, I don't know what exactly changed, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, because I don't follow De La Feu, or Udinese and Delafeu, I guess, for that mm-hmm. record, uh, that much. But something has, and they have been just on it. They were all over Inter Milan. Uh, they went down early to a Barella goal, but after that, it was just they they were just they were just ready to play for the rest of that game, uh, and they they dominated after that. Uh, so I think I think the story is like the the first half XG. Only 0.36 from them. The second half, 1.31. They they really put in the shots in that in that second in that second half. Uh, and Inter just were not ready. <laughs> they were not ready. But yeah, yeah. I I I think the one thing that separates Atalanta Napoli from Napoli and Inter or AC Milan, I guess Inter as well is no European competition. It's kind of a benefit in this case. I mean, you say that it's not like Napoli are struggling at all. They are seven to one winning against Liverpool away to Rangers. And still four days after that, 
walk into San Siro and win two to one. Like, yeah. I, I, they, they've been impressive too. I, I, I think, I think this, uh, this title race is probably going to come down to Napoli, Atalanta and AC Milan. Uh-huh. I think I those are the three. Agree. I, yeah. I, I think Udinese have been very good. I question how sustainable their form is. Uh, but maybe it's also because I don't know Udinese that well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, but I, I, I see the title race coming down to those three. Uh-huh. Really. And then you have the likes of Lazio, Roma, and Inter kind of fighting for that last Champions League spot potentially. Yeah. And maybe Udinese as well. And, I, I, yeah, Udinese in the Europa League spots, Juventus in the Europa League spots. Cringe. Nothing makes me happier than seeing Juventus do bad. It, they it lost really, one to zero to Monza, who have not won at all this season. Not not just that. This is their first ever Serie A win. First, they have never been in Serie A before. Allegri first ever win in this division. It's time to go. Juve it's doesn't agree. The Juve board doesn't agree. Go. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jack mentioned during lunch, like, they're talking about, like, building a project. And, hey, you know, I- I'm all for projects, right? But Juve's ec- economics kind of rely on them making it the Champions League. So, unless Allegri is pivotal to their project, get another manager that, that can manage like him. Because his tactics just aren't working, obviously. If they miss out on the Champions League, it's going to screw them for years and years to come because they are kind of like this, like this bloated pig right now. So they got to figure something out there. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, Juventus's like chief, uh, Maurizio Arrivabene, still said uh, dismissing, uh, quote, dismissing him would be madness. Madness. Yeah. That even is though not they've the only, word I would use. Even though they've only won two of their last eight games. Yes. Um, but, yeah, you, Juve, he's, he's still being protected for some reason. Uh, I don't personally think I would because I think the only decent player really has been Vlahovic, maybe Bremer. Uh, but Di Maria cost Di Maria it's it it is really Di Maria's fault that they lost this game yeah yeah he he got a red card a straight red card in the 40th minute because he elbowed um I think it's uh Iso in the face from uh from Monza center back 30 year old center back just elbowed him straight in uh yeah it was it was not (laughs) it was not great from Juve uh honestly like they just did not perform that well. Uh, but honestly, keep Allegri. I, I, I don't know. I think he's the future. I, huh. Keep him. Um, he's going to do great things. And by great things, I mean potentially relegate Juventus. Oh, Fingers wow. Crossed. Wow. Wouldn't be the first time they got relegated. Well, the first time they got relegated for competitive reasons instead of, you know, cheating. Yeah. But. Yeah, well... Them's the breaks, I suppose. Them is the breaks. Very quickly, Real Madrid beat Atletico Madrid. Uh, a lot of news rounds of Vinicius Jr. and racism being hurled at him, particularly from Pedro Bravo, president of Association of uh, Spanish Agents, who called him a monkey for celebrating too much, even though the likes of Antoine Griezmann, Fortnite danced, so 
I don't know what the deal is there. Bro, it's he, almost, Fortnite, he, he emoted in the World Cup. Yeah, Antoine Griezmann emoted in the World Cup. Yeah, if only there is a difference between Griezmann and Vinicius Jr., I can't seem to tell the difference. Hmm. Uh, Neymar, Pele, many other Brazilians, and Real Madrid and Real Madrid's fans spoke out, uh, including Atletico Madrid's president, Enrique Cerezo, who says, quote, if Vinicius wants to celebrate with dancing, let him celebrate with respect. If he dances... to." If he dances, I'm going to ask him to teach me how to dance the samba. I have to go to Brazil for the next carnivals in Rio de Janeiro and want to learn how to dance the samba. Apparently, good. I mean, good statement from Atletico Madrid's president. Apparently, the fans didn't get the the message because there was uh, racist dolls outside uh, uh, the Wanda and uh, racist chants towards Vinicius Jr. from Atletico Madrid fans. It makes you want to think... Uh, what does uh, Thomas Lamar think about that? You know, what does any of the 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 black players Atleti had have or will have think? A- yeah, I'm and- gonna be honest. They don't have a lot of them. They don't have a lot of black players. Yeah. Uh, they. Yeah, but even then, like, come on. Yes. Yeah. It's so. Uh, there, there was also um racist chance in um or racist remarks made in the DC United versus Inter Milan game. But or enter Miami. God, yeah. my brain's shutting off. I don't know what's happening here, but it, it's never OK for that to happen. And honestly, like Vinicius Jr., he can celebrate as much as he wants. He he's 22 and won his team, the Champions League and won them the league. He he can celebrate as much as he wants. I I, I don't get why people would care. Yeah, honestly, like if if he wants to dance. Let the man Whatever. dance. Yeah, let let the man dance. He he he's having fun. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, that that's it, it's it's always more fun when fo- when footballers have fun celebrations, right? Yeah. Like the the like bore the some 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 people have just boring chants like or like celebrations where they'll just go like yeah and just run, bro. I don't know. Calling out Erling Holland right now, I suppose. He's a robot. Okay. He it's that's yeah. just what he yeah, does. Yeah, it's that, different. It's different. Yeah. I, but uh, whatever. The, the big moment from this match uh, came from the opener, Rodrigo goal. A great pass from Chuamani. Uh, kind of caught out the, the Atletico Madrid uh, defenders, kind of uh, left it out to dry. And Rodrigo had a great finish while he while he was still running. It was crazy. Uh, but what made it great was the fact that afterwards, he's Brazilian. He danced with Vinicius Jr. And it was a great moment to kind of stick stuff. it to all of the racists, you know, did a, I, I don't know if it was the Samba, I don't know my dance moves at all, but he, he did a little, like, did a little, na, 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 you know, and yeah. it, it was, it was, he really was having cool fun, see. which is, yeah. which is good to see. So, Madrid Derby falls to Real Madrid once again, and Jack, that c- concludes the end of today's episode, a, a, quite a long one. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't think next next week's gonna be quite as long. Considering it's just gonna be. Na- I mean, we're gonna talk about Nations League. I like Nations League. Uh, I it it depends on what happens to France in the Nations League that sees if I like it or not. If they get relegated from League A. I'm gonna be. I'm I'm not a fan oh, of the Nations League. Man, I'm gonna love that so much, so much. England and France going down the same window. Yes, please. If it does happen, this flag's getting replaced with a Slovakia flag. So if you if well, how's that, Slovakia that's... doing in the Nations League? I think I don't know, but they're they can't be doing worse than France, right? All like, right. yeah. Well, right. Well, Jack looks that up at Final Third Show on Twitter. 
and yeah, uh, you can learn about Slovakia and France falling falling down the leaderboards and uh, FinalThirdShow.com for all things uh, Final Third Show related. Jack, how's, how are Slovakia doing? They're in second in their group. They're not getting relegated. They're in group. They're in they're in League C though. So like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> cool. Kazakhstan's beating them. That's. At least you could replace it with a team that's doing well, like Chelsea, aw, or Minnesota United, aw. No, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get a Finland flag, actually. Oh, there you shoot. go, there you oh, go. Wait, they're not doing well. Oh. I'll, fi- I'll find a team that's doing well, and then I'll get, put it up uh, I'll there. get you an Atalanta flag for There you uh, go, that's what I need. How about if, that? Yeah, that's what there I need. All right. Well, Jack, that's going to be it for us. Everyone, uh, tell your friend about the show. Tell your dad about the show. I'm sure he'd love to hear us debate about the All-Star Game or debate about uh, the U.S. Men's National Team roster. We'll see you guys same time, same place for next week's News and Predictions episode. See ya. Bye for now.